Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy to see you today, sir. Good to see you too, my friend. Uh, a lot of things going on. They had more hostages released yesterday. I don't know if you heard that. And I guess yeah. one of them was an American, a child, I believe, four years old, just turned four, I guess, while they were in captivity. Yeah, everybody was celebrating her birthday. Well, she's getting out, and there's a birthday and all that. And I'm like going, what does that kid care about her birthday when she's been a hostage? Do you know what I heard that was strange about that release? What? Apparently, I guess, like, either the grandmother or the grand-aunt or something of that child the only American to be released is a big donor to the Biden campaign. Oh, of course. Does that sound a, a, just a little strange? I mean, I, I'm, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Four-year-old four child, I'm very happy that little baby's home. God bless him. It just, I'm, I'm thinking beyond that. I, mean, I think to myself, wait a second. So if, if you're one of the other American hostages, and I guess they're like 12 still left behind the Americans, uh, why are they still there? Are they there because they didn't have any connections? Well, yeah. You know, I, there's a lot of that that goes on. You know, the, the Democrats are still holding on to that, oh, what's the what's that term? Um, uh, the three words, the big lie. If you're, um, if you, if you believe that the election was stolen, uh, if you made a phone call that the, hey, you know, I think this election was stolen. Uh, if you spoke up about it, you cannot think it, you cannot believe it, uh, you cannot talk or write against it. If so, um, woke the woke right and the uh, and uh, the apparently the entire left will say it's the big lie. Even well, you know, though you know what this guy, Ruben, go ahead. this guy Biden, he uh, he's still telling everybody that uh, the MAGA people, the MAGA Republicans. Are big bad people. Listen, listen, he did this just over the weekend. Listen. Fortunately, uh, we've been able to push back on Republican, MAGA Republicans so far. But they haven't given up. They haven't given up. They still want to undo this progress we're making. They're proposing cuts in investments in roads, bridges, the internet, and high speed internet. The very things that provided from the, anyway, it's across the board. Think about it for a second. He said the internet. When is when is the Republicans uh, propose cutting back on the internet? Well, they haven't. And when you talk <laughs> about the roads, I know a person next door that works on the roads. Mm -hmm. And right now, they're on hiatus. They went on hiatus before Thanksgiving, and that means they don't get paid and until the winter's over. They're working on a stretch of road that is, and it's a you know it's a state federal highway that is in ill repair, you know, and, but, and the budget, well, there, there have been Republicans and whatnot that have said, yeah, let's get this done. But no, it is the Biden administration that goes, no, take, uh, take that pile of asphalt over there, load it in the truck and a couple of shovels. There you go, guys, fix the next 40 feet of road. Uh, we're not going to earmark any money to fix that highway until 2045. Wow. What? Well, you know, uh, they are constantly surprising me. This administration, uh, one day you think uh, they won't, they won't do anything more. They're so obvious about uh, how they're trying. Everything is political. Everything that they do is politics. So you think, well, they can't be so obvious about it. They have, they have to be more subtle. But no, I mean, Biden gets up there and he he has no problem screaming to the multitudes about the MAGA. Republicans now trust me there are no there's no organized group called the MAGA Republicans out there there are none there are people who believe in the philosophy of making America great again which is what President Trump talks about I'm one of those people I want to see our country be strong again be uh, I want to see it be prosperous again I want to see uh, a lot of good things happen for our country if that's being MAGA so be it but he makes it sound like it's it's a bad thing, like it's almost like a Nazi. Those MAGA Republicans, they're out to do no good, which, of course, is not the case. Uh, well, it, you know what? The Democrats are a part of the BAWA move, you know? Which is? Uh, 
you know, well, actually, it would be the Mawa move, I guess. Okay. Make would, America weak again. Yeah, absolutely. The Mawa. Which is the true. Mawa. Hey, by the way, did you see the train load of people that are heading north through Mexico coming our way? So far, I guess 9 million under Biden's regime, at least. At least 9 million, they're saying. That's the people they counted. But they must have they must have uh, 50,000 people on this train. Well, they're, they're voters. They're voters. You know, really? coming? They're coming through to vote in November. <laughs> well, what do you think? They all get they all get IDs. They get licenses. Yeah. They get they get isn't everything. It crazy, they... though, isn't it crazy? When you and I were kids, mm-hmm. uh, they said you had to be a citizen. Isn't that silly? <laughs> oh, a citizen. Did you have to have, be a certain age? You had to be a certain age and a citizen. And and, oh. and, and, and I, my, I I learned it in school. And now they're saying, oh, come on across, take this oh, idea come and go on. Vote. Did they make you pledge allegiance to the flag, Every too? day I had to stand up next to my desk and do the Pledge of Allegiance, oh. yes. Why can't you make a, why can't you bring your own flag? You could make your well, own flag. That's, flag, that's, flag well. <laughs> yes, I know what you want. It was a Freudian, oh, it was a it Freudian was. slip. We'll leave it alone. Let the people no, try to figure let it out. let it go. But no. <laughs> you can make your own flag. Yes, yes, you oh, can. Boy. Uh, no, and, uh, yes, well, we'll leave it you know, at that. When you have a Freudian slip, you know, you can explain it and apologize for it. But you know what? It's best not to because that's right. Just it, leave it alone. It accentuates it, you know. Yes. Um, Corrine Jean-Pierre was talking about the economy on Friday. And she's she's just she is blatantly stupid. She's obviously dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. That is not anything against her race or her uh, sexual uh preference or anything like that. No, no, no. She's just a numbskull. Uh, Peter Ducey was talking to her about uh, oh, yeah. what people think. Did you hear this? Yeah, where he was, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was asking about... Uh, he was asking know, the, about why people don't believe what you're saying here. Listen. But or my the is that when you say the economy is improving, and President Biden says the economy is improving, that a majority of Americans outside of this building are not buying it. So here's the thing. When we walked into this administration, the economy was on a a tailspin. That is the fact. Because of the last administration, because of the Trump administration, because of how they dealt with with COVID and the pandemic, because they didn't have a comprehensive plan. The president came in, he passed the American Rescue Plan, which was able to get the economy back on its feet, which was able to open up small businesses. Small businesses were able to open up. Schools were able to open up. And we understand what Americans have been feeling over the last two, three years. It's going to take some time. We get that. It's going to take some time. But it does not take away how we have seen the economy getting back on its feet. We actually had to fix the problem that we saw that the last administration left us. Truly. What a lion, B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> yeah. what, truly, really, uh, as dumb okay. as a box of rocks, okay? All right, let's take a look at something here. You know, ask yourself this question. Do you have more money in your pocket now or when Trump was in? Gas was in some areas below two dollars a gallon, around a buck eighty-seven, and you know, right around that two-dollar mark, it went through the ceiling shortly after Biden was inaugurated, because he shut off the pipelines, he shut off any production we had, he shut off the uh, uh, drilling out at sea. He also sat there and did a few other things, like I forget the name of this one group that's been on the terrorist list forever. He sat there and said, no, they're not terrorists. You know, he did this with uh, sanctions on Iran, too, which were pro- they were producing virtually no oil, making no money, to where now they make $300 million bucks a day or some earth-shattering number like that. We don't do. We, we buy the oil from them. He did this. He ruined the economy. As a matter of fact, things went up 50%. When he took over, and she sat there last week, you know, and it was giving. Hey, things are great, man. You know, we're well, down nine percent, down for nine. You you said it the other day. You said, hey, uh, the we went up like a hundred percent, and then they they drop it back five percent and think that's an improvement. Do you know what I'm well, saying? They You're still up ninety five percent. They think we're stupid, and Joe Joe got confronted with the same question over the weekend, and his answer was different than hers. 
He didn't. He, actually, he didn't blame Trump. What he? Well, he. he you know what they don't talk about, Bill? They don't mention the fact that when they got into office, they were just coming out of a pandemic. They were coming out of a of a economy shutdown that was a matter of fact. We were put into a situation where people couldn't go to work and businesses were shut down because of an incredibly unusual situation. Not something that you can't compare Trump's economy to Biden's economy four years. But what, if you looked at Trump's economy for the first two and a half years before the the pandemic, it was light years better than this fathead's economy. Even during the pandemic, the numbers were still better than his, period. Now, he's blaming it on business. Well, it's that price gouging and stuff like that. But let's go back to the pandemic. You know, they talk about the election. Oh, you say it was stolen. That's the big lie. Although, you know, you look at the footage, you look at everything else that's come out, and you look at what you saw, too, that happened, you know, maybe that big lie needs to, well, not maybe, it should be investigated because we know, not the MAGA people, we, the Americans, know. The world knows, Joe and Kareen. We know you're lying through your teeth. Democrats, we know you're lying through your teeth. Go ahead. Pick, you know, pick our pockets again. Steal it again and see what happens. Well, and then they can't understand why the, uh, the polls, almost all the polls are against Biden now. Uh, yeah. it, it, is, it is unbelievable. And, and Trump goes to, I don't know whether you heard about this, Trump went to a football game on Saturday. He walks into the auditorium, into the stadium. The place went nuts. They were, gave him a standing ovation for at least two minutes. On national television, Trump is waving, the former president is waving at all the people. It was amazing, the reception. In the meantime, uh, Joe Biden's down in Nantucket. He's, he's gift, going through gift shops, and people across the street are booing him. So much so that they had to change, they had to alter his route. The uh, Secret Service had to uh, ask him to go in a different direction so they he wouldn't have to go by the booing crowd. So, I mean, that's the kind of people we, we have. One president who the media wants to think, by the way, is uh, the worst thing since Adolf Hitler. And, and they're trying to sell him as the villain. And they're trying to sell this incompetent guy who has done nothing in his life but steal, f- steal from the people, steal from the government, sell us out down the river to our, our adversaries. And, and, you know, we have, I still have friends. I still have friends out there, or they were friends. I still think they're friends, but some of them still, you know, the Democrats have a hard time uh, not being emotional. You know, they they are emotional. And if they find that you have a different political philosophy, well, that's it. You're done. You know, you're a bad person. But uh, I wanted to play something. Uh, Tucker Carlson had Steve Bannon on. Uh, You heard about this on, on, uh, I guess, did we talk about this yesterday, the the attack in Ireland on the five people or the four people? Three of them were were little kids. I mean, I'm talking about three and four and five-year-olds. One of the five, I guess the five-year-olds, is still fighting for her life as we speak. And the media spun it by saying that um, it was attacked by an immigrant. They didn't say it was illegal. It didn't say that the guy had been in the country for 23 years and hadn't had a full-time job in the entire 23 years and was living off the uh, the teat of government. No, no, didn't say that at all. They didn't say he was an Algerian, uh, which would right. have its own implications. Uh, and uh, so Tucker Carlson has a new episode of his program, uh, Tucker on X, and uh, he released it yesterday. Steve Bannon is his guest. And uh, it's it's a good episode. You might want to listen to it. But here's the first few minutes of it uh, when he introduces Steve and they uh, start to talk. Listen. Several days ago, a man in his 50s, for reasons that are still not clear, stabbed five people outside a school in Dublin, Ireland, including three children. And then almost immediately after, parts of that city erupted into rioting. What exactly is going on here? Well, the Washington Post stepped in, helpfully, to explain. And here's the tweet the Washington Post sent out. Quote, 
Online rumors claimed the perpetrator of a stabbing attack was an immigrant. The BBC found that the man was an Irish citizen who had lived in the country for 20 years. Police blamed, quote, a lunatic faction driven by far-right ideology for the riot in Dublin. That was the Washington Post explanation. But actually, the man was an immigrant. He was from Algeria. And as it turns out, he's been living in Ireland for 23 years at public expense. He has never had a job. And then last week, unaccountably, he stabbed children. Well, many people in Ireland are absolutely sick of this. It's happening by design. That country has been completely transformed by immigration. It's not the Ireland you remember at all. And going forward, anyone who complains about that or questions government policy will be guilty of a felony. The new hate speech laws are coming to Ireland. No complaining about it. And of course, it's not just Ireland, it's across the West. What does this mean? What is happening here? And what's the right response to it? We thought it'd be worth talking to Steve Bannon. He's the host of War Room, an old friend of ours. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday, Steve. Um, Thank you, Tucker. So it seems like Ireland's, of course, a small country, an island uh, in Western Europe, but it seems like this is kind of almost a metaphor for what's happening across the West. What do you make of the rioting there and the government's response to it? Well, look, you've been to Hungary. You know, Viktor Orban has led this fight for years and um, has tried to get his country the sovereignty of it to stay away from what's happening in Germany and places like Ireland. Ireland's probably one of the worst, if not the worst, because the political class has totally sold out the people. You know, they've had, I think, 125,000 immigrants in the last year. That That is the same equivalent if all of Joe Biden's 9 million illegal alien invaders here in our country all came within one year. That's, that's, what, that's the impact it's had on Ireland. And they're all on the public dole. There's been 100,000 Ukrainians in what, uh, 18 months or 20 months since the war started. 100,000 Ukrainians all on the public dole, all paid for uh, out of the Irish budget. Now, some of that money is given by the EU, but the Irish politicians are by far the worst that are bought off uh, by the EU. They're the biggest globalists. They've sold out the sovereignty of, of the Irish. And you're seeing a natural blowback, and you're really seeing it among working class people in the cities, Irish nationals, Irish citizens, whose family have been there for generations and generations and generations and have nothing to show for it, and also in the rural communities. So Ireland is a powder keg. And I think what you saw the other day in the response by the Garda, the response by the authorities was immediately to go after Conor McGregor and other folks who were saying, hey, we need to address this. We need that your, your, your proclamations are no longer good enough. We need to see a plan of action because there's been enough of these um, these immigrants attacks on, on citizens, including a year ago uh, where there was, a, I think, a murder of a, a school teacher uh, by an immigrant. So the Irish people, I think, have had a belly full of it. But you're seeing this is this is across the West. And it started with a mass uh, immigration in the 60s and 70s, but really been picked up since the Syrian civil war and what the Germans did back in 2014. It's Steve Bannon with uh, Tucker Carlson. You see the, the situation as I see it, is that the woke left, you know, they are around the world. It's like it's not just an agenda that we have in this country. They're going after Ireland and all the European countries, too, with the same basic agenda. They have inserted people into powerful governmental positions, and, you know, they've gone undetected. And all of a sudden now uh, a, a situation like this comes along, and they show their true colors. They're not, Mm -hmm. these aren't people who are for the people. These are people for the global elite. They're doing what they're instructed to do. You know, they're they're literally turning their back on the populace. Ireland is like 98% Irish still. 98%. There are only about 6 million people in the whole country. There are some states uh, that have more people. I think Pennsylvania has more people in it than Ireland. And Ireland... Uh, has an immigrant problem. They got, I think they said last year, about 150,000 immigrants. Now, comparatively speaking, that would be like the United States getting the entire 10 million illegals that have come across since Biden's been in office to, in the last two and a half years. If they came across in one year, that's what Ireland has. It's a lot of people they have to deal with. And what's happening now is the government 
is criticizing the people, the demonstrators, the citizens for saying enough is enough. We don't want our kids attacked. Who were These kids, by the way, were just standing in line. I think they were in school, these little five-year-olds. And this guy went over with a knife and stabbed them, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and now you have a government that's getting... P.O.'d Conor McGregor. I think he still lives in the United States. I could be wrong. He may have a place in Ireland too, but I know that he's over here a lot. He made his fortune here, and he criticized Ireland's government for not backing the people. So what happens? <laughs> they're investigating him. They're not investigating. Of the, they are. They're not investigating the attacker. They're not talking about how terrible it was that this guy had no job over twenty-three years, and uh, instead of being grateful, he attacks innocents. You know, it, it's unbelievable how the left works, and they do it universally. They, you, know, they, you know, they're attacking people who complain about the border in this country. We say, oh, this has got to stop. These people can't come in unabated. They have to have some kind of order down there. And they attack people for saying that. Mm-hmm. Americans are wrong. You know, even, God forbid, it drives me nuts. Some of these people on the woke left who are in clergy, uh, who are saying, you know, uh, uh, this is what God would want. This is what Jesus would want. You know, he also said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. You know, if you have a country with order and laws, obey them. You know, if they're just and if they're legal, obey them. We had laws. We had order. We weren't turning our back on illegals, but there was a process. Good or bad, there was a process. They've abandoned that. And now I would I would say that more people, Bill, have suffered from the illegals being in this country the way they come in than I mean there are farmers and ranchers who are out of business right now along the border because their property has been overrun. You know the people who can't work in the fields anymore with their you know with their cattle or their their crops because you never know who the heck is going to be out there. I mean these these people have been abandoned by our government. And uh, Border Patrol people who are making sandwiches for people they're going to escort to the airport. That's not what they were hired for. They were hired to protect us and your family and my family. Uh, I could go on and on. It's just, it's sad. It really is sad. We have another year. And I shake my head every time I hear people say, well, it's going to change in a year. Well, you got to wonder, though, because... What is what is the point? There was a guy I referenced yesterday with a uh, video that's out where he's a uh, uh, well, he's a black man who sat there and said, "Wake up!" You know, we yeah, used to that. be thirteen percent, and now uh, we're, we're bringing in all these immigrants. You know, and it, obviously he's pointing to the fact that you know it's the Democrats doing it, and they just want more voters. But I think it goes beyond that. You talk about Ireland, and it's a certain percentage Irish, and now it's changing. Are they trying to homogenize the world or, uh, oh, what's the word, blend us, I guess, to where, you know, uh, mankind becomes, there is no more race. There is no more sexual identity. They're going to just turn us into one unirace, one unisex. Well, actually, I heard them yesterday talking about, you know, they're working diligently, Bill, on uh, changing our food supply. I'm talking about the, oh, the, yeah. the global people. They want to see uh, farming cut back. They want to see agriculture uh, changed globally. Globally, this is this is what they talk about at the World Economic Forum openly. They they talk about changing agriculture because uh, too much too much carbon is emitted, and uh, we have to do this. You know, we're eating too much meat. They want to cut back on meat. There's an article in the paper in the uh, this the news sites this morning about. How they're trying to sell everybody on uh, meat that is grown in laboratories or non-meat meat. If you want to, if you, if you want that, you got to call it something, right? Non-meat meat. It's, yeah. it's not really from an animal. It's created. Meat. Yeah. It's synthesized. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know what the heck you're eating anymore. You don't know what heck. If well, you, if you don't trust a vaccine, you're gonna trust. Are you gonna trust a hamburger that was created by some? Uh, weird lab in some strange place? No. Well, that's what I was just going to say. The vaccine, we, you know, a lot of people didn't trust. Oh, you anti-vaxxer, you. And then now, you know, people dropping dead from it. And, of course, oh, speaking of vaccines and whatnot, in China, 
there is a strange mm-hmm. flu that's affecting all the kids that the government's trying to keep down on the QT, but the kids are dropping like flies and in the hospitals, and the doctors don't know what's going on. Hmm. Didn't well, something else kind of start that way yeah. with adults, and now it's infecting kids? Do you think that maybe they're trying to get us ready for uh, the election? Oh, the election. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's another thing. In, in England, in England, mm-hmm. uh, health officials in the U.K. have confirmed the U.K.'s first ever human case of a new strain of swine flu. A brand new strain of swine flu. And, I mean, I'm not. you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. By the way, during the first uh, public strain of uh, swine flu back in the 70s, uh, we were a young couple, my wife and I, we had little kids, and we f- figured that the government said everybody had to be vaccinated. This this thing is not terribly new about vaccines. So we, in 1976 or 77, my wife and I dutifully got the vaccination at the same time. So help me God. We, we went in the morning, got our shot. About an hour and a half later, my wife became so sick, I thought she was going to die. And she was a young woman. She was a mm-hmm. young woman. Fortunately, I, I, I stayed with her, and she started to come around after a couple of hours, and she felt better. And as she got better, I got sick. And I haven't been, I don't think, that sick in my entire life with this damn vaccination. And the other thing about this is back then, Shortly after we got our shots, they said, well, you don't have to get the vaccine. We're having some problems with it, you know. So um, first they tell you you got to have it. So you go out and get it. Then they admit, well, it's it's having people are having some reactions with the vaccine. So maybe you shouldn't get it. Now they have this thing, another swine flu popping up in England. You know, they're getting ready to put you back in mass to lock you down in your house and keep you away from the voting machines. They want you to mail them in so they can fudge the elections again. I mean, it's not its not brain surgery here. You don't have to be a, a mental giant to figure this one out. They just, they're just doing it, setting you up. Well, why do you think they gave control of the Internet? The one thing they couldn't control in the last election was the Internet and the news. Mm-hmm. But the government now has control. So if there is another pandemic and we go to the mask and we're we're quarantined to the house well forget about your smartphone and forget about your internet or anything like that to get the real news you're going to get the government fed news and how do they do it well because we have free media well free media is a gun for hire and how they take care of the gun for hire is not to run ads per se They go in just like they do in Canada and say, oh, well, you know what? Let us vet your news. If you do that, you get tax breaks. Uh If you do that, we pay your salary. Well, you got, you know, Mr. Tucker, you would like to have a nice Porsche? That's no problem. What about the advert? Don't worry about advertising. You're going to be taken care of. Those suckers at home will pay you with their taxes. Which makes me suspicious, Bill. That's a great thing to bring up right now because have you noticed that all of these cable networks have, I mean, really have no audience. They have no, no ratings. MSNBC, no. nothing. CNN, nothing. I mean, I say nothing compared to what CNN used to have 15, 10, 15 years ago when it was a, a growing giant. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing no. in the rating. And, you know, you wonder how can they continue to pay all these people millions of dollars in salary? And their performance stinks. I mean, if it was a corporation and you were you were hired based upon your performance, they'd fire you. You know, but you're like a press secretary for the left. You know, that's what you are. You know, do you think the government's what, what, do you think the government's paying them, Bill? In an indirect fashion, yeah, I think there are tax breaks and credits and whatnot because there's no other way than to sit there if they the way the model works you build a product and then you put it out there for public consumption all right and as more people consume it you get more popular you have more ratings to sit there numbers to sell 
you go to the advertising agencies or you go to the businesses and say, here we are, this is our product, look how massive our audience is, we got this and this and this and this demographic, and you come up with a cost, you know, a cost per impression. Wow. And there you go, and that's, that's the model. But when you sit there and see somebody thriving and giving away millions of dollars in salaries, and they're sitting there, they don't have the one basic ingredient of that model, viewership. Well, you know? yeah, then you sit there and go, how in the hell are they doing this? When we, you know? when we got into the business, our jobs in every radio station I ever worked in was based upon ratings, performance. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the ratings. They may like you as a person. You may be the nicest guy in the staff. You may have the greatest relationship with the boss. But if your ratings were in the toilet, you were looking for another job. But these guys have terrible ratings, and they continue to work. They continue Mm -hmm. to keep their jobs. Guys like Joe Scarborough, he was on yesterday. I don't know if you heard this. He was on with Mika and uh, uh, Claire McCaskill, I guess, former senator from out in the Midwest. I think she's from Missouri. Uh, And... She's a numbskull, too, but listen to how they talk. This is just, this will make you cringe. You know? Much worse. <laughs> Speaking of language, you should have heard me the first. No, please. For actually every okay. every second of the Alabama game until the oh final, final throw. But, but Claire, I'm so glad you talked about marketing because the crisis we're going through right now where the world could really spiral into World War III, but it's not because a guy who's actually had 50 years of experience, it shows the contrast between a guy obsessed with marketing his brand, a guy obsessed with gestures, a guy who governed by gesture versus, well, Joe Biden, who has 50 years of experience. And when a deal goes sideways on the hostages, he can pick up the phone, he can call, he can get it done. When he meets with President Xi in a critical meeting, he can actually, they, they, they have experience, you know, they've got over a decade of experience working with each other when both of them were number two in their countries. Experience matters, and the contrast, and it makes me so angry when people are talking about, oh, Joe Biden, he's out of it, he's this, he's, no, he's not. On Joe Biden's worst day, he's light years ahead of Donald Trump on policy, on politics, on diplomacy. Well, there's no question about that. And frankly, in, on mental capabilities, um, you know, yeah. the ageism thing is really look at the way Donald Trump behaves. Who is more unstable? Who is the one who, frankly, doesn't know where he is part of the time, doesn't know who he's running against, doesn't know what, what year it is, doesn't know world leaders and what countries they're from. Um, it is really, if you isolate his comments and look at them objectively, he is the one who is suffering from a problem related to declining ability in later life. Not, not Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Look at if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, uh, Claire. It's a duck, and Joe is a duck. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, these are two blatant, either blatantly stupid people or they're blatant liars. They're, you know, they're blatant liars. They're being paid to lie. I can't believe that somebody could sit there and believe all the stuff they're disseminating like that, unless there is, you know, some kind of uh, a carrot at the end of that a stick. A quid pro quo, as you would say, or something? Yeah, hmm. I, yeah, I would say that, because let's go to what he said. Well, you know, Joe, with the 50 years of experience, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, you, you, can't, you can't throw that away. Yeah, and Joe could pick up the phone. <laughs> what did I tell you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but let's talk about his experience. Let's go back to 1987. Yeah. Well, would that be, uh, that's not even 50 years, you know? And he was caught by Sam Donaldson on ABC for lying about his resume. education. Yeah. His resume. Yeah. Now, you know, you've heard him. You know, leading up to being the president of the United States and duly elected, you never went to one of his. Did you go if you voted for him per se, or you were part of the party that voted for him? 
Did you go to one of his rallies? Did you drive by one? I did. Six people there, and they. But on TV, they were <laughs> with these. It, was, it these looked a lot six different. Supporters, or were they the camera crew from the TV? Well, it was well, there were six baby, maybe <laughs> maybe six to eight cars. Yeah, you know, and and a news truck, and that was it. And then two chairs on a stage at PNC Field, and nothing there, nothing at all. But yet they made a big brouhaha about it. He had nothing there, but they made it like he was the king of everything. They lied about it, and he did nothing. Joe Scarborough and Mika, early on in the Trump administration, were hoping desperately to be uh, invitees to the White House and become uh, an important, integral part of the Trump administration. And Trump kind of gave him the cold shoulder because Trump is a good judge of character, and he knew that these people weren't genuine. These people, they, they would stab you in the back for the next uh, advantage on their side. I mean, that's how they are. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy, this guy Scarborough, sold himself in Congress and even in the beginning of his media career as being a conservative, as a Republican. He talked about he talked about being a Republican conservative. He had a show on Fox early on, and uh, everybody thought, "Oh, this guy's going to be a, a, a real media giant." This guy, as soon as somebody waved some bucks at him and told him what to say, he jumped like a trained seal, this guy Scarborough. This guy was, he had no character. Uh, He just dropped whatever. And now, last week, I don't know whether you heard the cut, and I haven't got it here today, but he was saying, so help me God, he, he sounded like a man who was afraid of what will happen if Trump gets into office. He was saying things like uh, Trump will uh, think nothing about uh, eliminating the people who were against him. I mean, t- talking about it like Trump was going to go out and have these people arrested and shot, executed. And he actually sounded afraid because he knows, he knows that for the past five years or so, he has lied openly to well, uh, diminish Trump. Have they not, if not directly, indirectly implied MAGA and yeah. Trump, yeah. you know, that if they get back into power, uh, Hillary has put it out there. Oh, yeah. That they got to reprogram MAGA people. We, we got to get rid of this problem. Well, if you can't reprogram us, how are you going to get rid of us? Going to kill us? Going to execute us? Is that what it is? Because then this is the... The Israelis against Hamas, Democrats against Republicans. You hate us, so we got to hate you back. Didn't they? So did do you it, want to eliminate us? Maybe we got to eliminate you. I mean, let's let's get real and get basic about didn't Hillary this. Suggest, is that what it is? Didn't Hillary suggest that we may have to be taken to uh, to camps to be retrained, reeducated? She well, did say yeah. that. Well, that's what they did to the Jews. They took them to internment camp. Well, they didn't well, want to I'll train tell you, them. They, they, uh, wanted, they wanted to kill them. The Chinese did it. The Red Chinese and the Russians did it. When the, the communists took uh, control of government, they took a lot of the dissenters, the people who were giving them a hard time, and sent them to re-educational camps to teach them how to be of like mind. Either that or spend the next 50 years of your life in a gulag somewhere. And some did. Some ended up dying in prison. Um, you know, go ahead, Bill. You have a will to live. And if I sat there and they said, well, Mr. Knight, you're going to have to be re-indoctrinated. The only way that you would re-indoctrinate me is to sit there if I went along with it and said, yeah, 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 so that I could get out and go ahead and, you know, go underground. So in other words, I would probably just say, you know what, throw me in the gulag because I know one thing that I could do, not take my life, but I would just sit there in my mind, I would shut down, and, you know, that's it. Yeah. I'd be, I, I would, you, you know, You'd say I, anything that they wanted you to say, and they, oh, I agree with it, sure, I, just to get out so you could then go back to what you were doing. Yeah, in the either first that or I would go to the gulag and just sit there, and, you know, yeah. I would just slowly fade away. And that would be that. They'd be happy, and I would be happy that I was out of this hell that they are creating. I want you to also consider the people that this administration has put into positions of authority, guys who are secretaries of this and secretaries of that. You remember that cross-dressing thief 
who was the assistant secretary of nuclear energy or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. And think about him as being somebody who they considered to be intelligent and uh, uh, needed in our government. This is a guy who was stealing people's luggage at the airport while he was wearing the latest stolen uh, red dress from a designer in the Middle East. I mean, this well, guy. Well, it's sexier if you stole it. Yes, it is. It, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. But uh and then you know you you have people like uh Pete Buttigieg who I I think he visited uh, East Palestine Ohio once. It was a a pass-through trip I believe and he hasn't been back since. By the way, East Palestine Ohio still is a hellhole because of that derailment and they have still not stood up and helped them out seriously. If you go there today and take a walk down to their streams, you will still see the poison that was dumped into their water supply. They still are having problems, and still this administration has done nothing. But Buttigieg is uh, still uh, you know, taking his walks with his boyfriend. It would be interesting to see how that, that particular area of the country voted in the last election. Well, I can what tell you, they... Bill, I, I, that's an interesting question, which was asked and answered. They were uh, heavy Trump. Well, there you go. Yeah. That, uh, that, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, they, that's true. They figured they were going to punish them, so they did. Um, one of uh, their secretaries is the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, and he was out of the Western Governors Association winter meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming last week. And he doesn't really have a handle on uh, history, I don't think, because he misquoted something. He said this. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, There's... There are resources there, there's technical assistance there, and there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. Yeah, so what he said was... He quoted President Reagan for saying, we're from the government, we're here to help. And he he meant it as if Reagan was saying, we're from the government, you can trust us, we're here to help you. That's what he, he, that's how he said it. This is the Secretary of Education who you think would know history. When in reality, President Reagan said this. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are... I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. <laughs> Do you hear the difference? He yeah, said the nine difference. most terrifying words are, we're here from the government, we're here from the government, and we're here to help. <laughs> yeah. but the so guy, basically, he just he reiterated what Reagan said was a fear. But he said, it, he said it as if he said it as if he thought Reagan was saying something positive, like, hi, we're here from the government, and we're going to help you out, you know? Reagan didn't say that. I'll let him say it again one more time. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) The nine most terrifying words in the English language. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. If they play their version enough, then history will say that's what Reagan said, and that's well, they, what they're here to do. Well, the Democrats, you just heard Cardona, he's trying to sell it like it was a positive. The government's yeah. here. I'm here from the government. We're going to help you out. Everything's going to be they great. They always want to change the narrative of everything. You know, Democrat good, Republican bad. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know where we're going. You know, we have these these hostages we talked about at the beginning of the show that were released, uh, 11 more uh, hostages. They're really dragging it out now. Have you noticed this? It was supposed to be over a four-day period, but Hamas is saying, no, no, we, got, we, need, we need more time. Now, yeah, let's, to let, rebuild. Yeah, exactly. Let's think about it for a second. Why do they need, need more time? I mean, literally, they're over the fence and in a, in a tunnel somewhere. All they have to do is bring them up to the surface and walk them to a vehicle, and they drive over the border and back into Israel. Why do they need more time? They need more time for what you just said, I think. Uh, they are getting a sweetheart deal in that, first of all, Israel, who always said that they would never negotiate with terrorists, have gone back on that, and they're negotiating with terrorists. 
Well, Israel's going to get spanked for doing it, you know, because what's going to happen, they're going to come back and shove it down their throat. Now, let's get, let's be honest, you know, mm. Hamas, Palestinians hate, you know, Israeli people, Jewish people. Yes. And so that hate goes back to them because if somebody hates you and they want to kill you, you have no choice. You might say, you know, I love you as a person, but you want to kill me and I don't, they, they, and they, they give you no choice. It's, it's do or die. It's one or the other. Well, they, you know, they two men already, go in, one man comes out. You want to be the one coming out of this. They have said um, that they're, they're taught from birth to hate Jews. Uh, yeah. I know that sounds harsh. Think, how, how, can, how can you have these terrorists who flew into that town October 7th on those uh, hang gliders, you know? How can you have them killing people? One guy killed 10 Jewish people and called his mom excitedly to tell her that he had just killed 10 Jews. He, he was calling like he got an A on his report card. Mom! Well, I got to ask you, you know, and this is really kind of a, maybe more, not even a sociological thing. This is kind of gets down to the, well, either way, is it, is at some point in time when you raise your kids to hate, does it become a part of their DNA to where that mindset gets transposed at birth to where it's embedded in their DNA to hate? Well, you I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I that's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know. But I can tell you this much: I don't think if you start them at birth to hate Jews, you can untrain them in a lifetime. I don't know how no, you're gonna. You I can't. don't know how you can have. I don't know how hate. you can have an island of hate next to where you live. I don't. You can't. I don't know what the answer is either. You know, I don't know why these people in Gaza can't be reunited with other people who are like them in other countries like Jordan or Lebanon. You know, these are people who have the same philosophical beliefs, but yet the countries, Jordan and Lebanon, don't want them to come in because they're too radical. They know that if they come in, they're going to infect their population, not physically, but with the philosophy of hate. You know, if you really hate, if you bring in that philosophy and you're trying to live in a country that's basically neutral, they, Jordan gets along with Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to think twice about inviting a segment of, of people into your country, right? That's what Jordan has done. They don't want them in. And they're no. right next door. And they're, like I said, they're, they're people of the uh, same ethnic background. But, you know, we're told to look to the, the other way and not, not look at that aspect. You know, well, what are, what's wrong with these Jewish people that they, you know, they don't want to let them in? And besides that... You mean the, uh, Jordan, the Jordan people, yeah. I mean the Jordan people, but yeah. yeah the, the, but the Israelis, too, saying, no, we don't want Hamas in here because, uh, you know, let's, besides that... Israel was never a nation. It was Palestine. You know, they changed the narrative. They changed history, which is it's, not it's, true. Palestine was never the nation. Israel has yeah. been the nation since 1948. Right. And in Israel, I don't know how, if you had a house and right next door to you was a guy who was vowed to kill you and your family, and, and he's a violent person by nature, if right next door is a guy who wants to kill you, and your family, how would you react? Would you put a fence up? Would you have guard dogs? Would you have alarms? Would you have something between you and him to, to protect your family? I mean, um, I don't know whether they can do enough. I'll tell you what they didn't do is they let their guard down on October 7th. Every, the world thought that the most protected border on the planet was the one between Gaza and uh, Israel. No. Why did they let their guard down? Why? They became what? comfortable, Bill. So yeah, they became, they became comfortable, comfortable, complacent. And you know, an enemy will sit there and wait for that day when you're comfortable, and then all of a sudden, you know, you say, "Well, it's a great day to go to a concert." Why, looky there, they got people in paragliders here that are coming in just yeah. to see the. 
wait a minute, they got guns. And that's it. You start running, you know, because they needed and you got comfortable. That's exactly what it was. They got comfortable. And and, uh, I would have thought that they could never get comfortable. That, you know, I heard that they were driving people, they were going into Gaza. Israelis were going into Gaza, picking up uh, Palestinian people, bringing them to Jewish hospitals for treatments. And then drink, bringing them, they were so comfortable, some of these people, that they were going back and forth into the danger zone. Right. You know, and when you start having that kind of relationship with your enemy, you think, well, maybe he's not my enemy anymore. No. Well, you know, let's go back to, let's take the, the, this war translated to an election. You know, elections have been stolen for a long time. Hillary came along and they got comfortable. Yeah, we got this still. We got this down yeah. to science. Don't yep. worry about it. Get the barges ready for all the fireworks yep. and everything. <laughs> but what they didn't realize and didn't take into account was the overwhelming amount of numbers that Trump had amassed. And no matter what their polling was told to tell and anything out there, because they said, don't worry, we got this still. They didn't have it. They didn't anticipate it. They got comfortable. And to their credit, they reorganized and they said, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. You know, you know? Bill, there was or a joke. There was a joke uh, when during the uh, 2020 election cycle. Uh, people were laughing at the fact that Biden didn't leave his basement. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he, he was campaigning essentially from his basement. In his underwear. Yeah, and, he would, and he would read these comments and he would stumble through the comments uh, you know, when he, would, when he would release a video, it was sometimes incoherent. And people were saying, they were laughing. How does this guy expect to win? He expected to win because they knew the outcome before he even, you know, was nominated. They, mm. they knew that they had seen, they had made some mistakes in 2016. They had underestimated Trump. There would be no underestimation in 2020. There would be, well, they would have it figured out so that he's, he's going to lose in 2020, no matter what. And the pandemic what... was going to happen, even if Hillary got in, but not because it was a legit pandemic. I believe uh, there was there was some story about that and, and intel on it, that they were going to use it for another purpose. But either way, it still was an effective tool for them because it helped them to get to an election. And uh, that was something that Trump, and the Republicans didn't anticipate. And there might have been some Republicans who knew, knew because there is a woke circle there, uh, an inner an inner political party that kind of a uniparty. That, you know, these these are the the nuts that control everything. Don't think for one second that uh, the they're not they're not gonna try to shove another pandemic at us. It sounds so obvious. It sounds so ridiculous to think that they would do that again. But see, they have no shame. And they also have mm-hmm. the media behind you, behind, behind right. them. So they can, they can say, okay, this just in in England, the uh, H1N1 virus, a new swine flu is being uh, seen. Uh, uh, it's uh, popped its ugly head in England. They don't know where it came from, and it's, it looks uh, like it could be deadly. And before you know it, my goodness, there's been a case in Philadelphia. It's going to happen, and what? And the media is going to jump on it like it's a moving freight train. They're going to want to be on it because it's going someplace, and they're going to start to sell it to you. And before you know it, my goodness, out of retirement, here's Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about today's latest situation with this new strain of virus. Dr. Fauci, what do you think? Well, I think it's going to be uh, uh, something where we have to lock down again and wear your masks. We all got to put masks on, and we have to stay at home. That's what you, you know, if, I can almost hear Fauci, doing it. If Fauci gets sick, you know, we might not be able to do the visual, but uh, we'll put you in a booth with a microphone. You'll <laughs> be Dr. Fauci. Yeah, Dr. Fauci, yeah. Dr. Um, Fauci, I got the virus. It was in my throat. That's why I talked this way. <laughs> and, uh, you know. But, you know, he, they'll have Dr. Burks step forward with her wonderful scarfs and She'll she'll make a couple of comments and 
Before you know it, you'll be spending your time doing your work from your house. You won't be able to go to the store unless you you have a drive-by pickup. I mean, it's going to be a zoo again because they have no shame. They want you to vote mm-hmm. by mail. Don't worry. We'll make it really easy. You still can vote. Just uh, fill out your vote at home. Just put it in the sealed envelope and send it in. There'll be no problem. There'll be a massive problem because this is all staged. I, I truly believe that's they've figured out that Trump cannot be allowed to win again. I That's why I am hoping, I hope that... Uh, there's something that I don't know. I hope that there's some uh, legal thing going on in the background that we can't see that that rectifies the situation. Because if we are in a, we're if we're on a course to a, an election, and nothing has changed from the 2020 election, nothing. The result's going to be the same. Well, your problem is is leading up to is, are all the judges. Let's go back to what's going on in uh, Trump's defense. You know, he asked, uh, well, he had to ask Obama judge uh, Tanya Chutkin uh, to, uh, he wanted to um, subpoena members of the January 6th committee yeah. for testimony yeah. because this could help. We know that was a sham, but, you know, let's get some of these people in. It's going to help in his case. Yeah. All right. Now, what is wrong with that? Well, there's not a damn thing wrong with it. But she said, no, not going to allow it or any of the documents. You know what I would love to see? This her will removed? Sh- no, well, that's that speaks for itself. You know, she worked in the same law firm as Hunter Biden. They knew each other. They worked together. Yeah. She should recuse herself. She doesn't belong in this case. But she's not going to because it's been predetermined. But what I would like to see right now is the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Hey, don't worry about subpoena. No subpoena need here. We're gonna give you all the documentation because we think you're being, uh, we, we think you're being railroaded. Well, it was material that went missing, and Chutkin was it went missing. All right. Trump said, "Let's subpoena that. We can use this." And so, her thing is, no, I'm not going to allow. Key word here: access to these lost documents. Access. That means those documents weren't missing at all. They were tucked away, and you cannot see them because I am the queen of this box of docs. Bill, what's to stop the Speaker of the House of Representatives from giving all that documentation to President Trump's team? Not subpoena. No subpoena involved. Nothing. He's the, he's the guy who should have all this documentation. He is above the hearing. He should be able to go grab it and say, here you go. It's yours to look at. But here's the problem with that. You thought of it. So did some Democrat. And they're going to go, how do we block that if it happens? And I'm sure they've got some way to, all they need to do is tie it, tie it up and hurry the case along. And then once the outcome is there, oh, well, it's too bad you didn't have that when we were doing the case, isn't it? (laughs) Wow. Well, I don't know. I I, uh, I think that this is going to be an interesting week. It's only Tuesday, folks. It's only Tuesday, and we've already had uh, more hostages between yesterday and today. We've had uh, Biden making statements about how much the big bad MAGA movement is out to get you. Uh, we've had Corrine Jean-Pierre uh, mention that the uh, economy, the failure of the Bidenomics uh, economy uh, is, is really Trump's fault because uh, Trump gave them such a bad economy. No mention at all of the fact that he was stuck with a pandemic that no administration in recent history has had to deal with. I mean, it, it just, it's mind-boggling. Even back in 1918, I don't think people were locked down in their houses. I think they went to work. That's probably why it was so bad. How many businesses closed their doors because of the pandemic? Oh, Bill, a- tons. Probably 90% of the mom-and-pop shops are gone and gone forever. The way that we kids today don't understand what America was and the privilege of shopping. I was up for Thanksgiving up in Massachusetts, which, you know, it's a beautiful area, great things. And, yeah, there were lights and stores like that, but even in the news saying, yeah, hey, it was great, people coming out, people coming from foreign countries to go shopping. 
but it's not the Christmas of past like it used to be, like it used to be, like it used to be. Get used to it being online and virtual. Oh, well, that looks good on the screen, but when you get it, you know, because there was one merchant saying, yeah, Christmas is great because you can come into the store and you get to see it, touch it, feel it, hold it, you know. You know, I'm glad you mentioned this about Christmas. A good way to end our program for the day. But uh, have you noticed how, I mean, they've they've taken the religion out of all of the advertising. They've, They've even minimized things like Santa Claus in a lot of the advertisement. They want to be kind of neutral, almost like a, it's a winter holiday, not Christmas mm. holiday, not Christmas season. Uh, they have, they very rarely will use an established Christmas song in a TV commercial now. Now they'll play uh, a rock and roll song from days gone by in the uh, music, and they'll put bells behind it. They think that the marketing people in, in uh, New York and in Los Angeles Someone must have said, well, if we just add some sleigh bells in the background, it'll sound like a holiday song. And and all of a sudden, when you watch a commercial nowadays, you see uh, snowflakes and a car drive by, and you hear some ridiculous song from the 60s or 50s, and it has sleigh bells behind it. And you think, what the heck is that all about? Honda's running a commercial right now. I, you, listen for it. Uh, Randy and the Rainbow's Denise starts out with, ooh, ooh. You know, oh, Donnie, oh, Scooby. Donnie, yeah. dun, dun, That's a, dun, dun. But listen carefully. The new Honda commercial, they take the chorus in the beginning before they, they start to sing, and they've either replicated it or they bought the rights to it and have edited it. It's, it's the beginning to Randy and the Rainbow's Denise, and they put some snowflakes on the commercial and a little bow somewhere, and all of a sudden it's a holiday. It's a holiday uh, Christmas commercial. You know, they, they're afraid to come out like they used to in the old days and say, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a great holiday. Now they'll say Happy Kwanzaa. They'll say Happy, but, all these other things, but they don't want to say Merry Christmas to you anymore. I got to remember my old rock and roll uh, history. I think they, those guys, weren't they from New York? Yeah, Randy and the Rainbows. Yeah, we, yeah, we, can, right. we can start getting into a. No, we don't want to, but I'm just saying. No, I know. Because that, that shows age, and I'm not old. Yeah, I just well, I was well, a history buff of music. But when you watch the Honda commercial. <laughs> You're not old. You're a young child. When you watch the the Man. Honda commercial, you will see, you will hear Randy and the Rainbow's Denise, the beginning of it. And what they've done is they've just taken the the first few bars and they've cycled them through over and over again. Right? That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we've done it uh, to end on a a, a different note. Uh, Christmas commercials, right? But I, I really wish that they would get back to. Enjoying the holiday for what it is. I mean, it, it's it's a, you know they say well it's a you know there's a movement out there to take away Christmas. They, uh, I mean, well, that started a while back. Do you remember? It's it's been over ten years, but they introduced it a long time ago. Uh, they couldn't say Christmas because it's well, Christ. It's a Christian it. holiday. Yeah, my uh, God. No, no. Oh, you know? I know what it is. It's sparkle season. Remember oh yes, that? remember that in Pittsburgh? That was a big deal for a while, and people went bananas. It's- and they said, sparkle no, 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 season. no, no, no. You can take I your sparkle right, yeah, right here. here. <laughs> yeah. Sparkle yeah. this, spark yeah. boy. <laughs> they tried to sell sparkle season. Was it back in the 80s and 90s in, in uh, Pittsburgh yeah, and other I, cities? I think, yeah, I think I came to Pittsburgh in 88 because I they came were, there right about the time they had this stupid big old blizzard. Oh, going, oh yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. Welcome to the boy, you I, know, yeah. and, the, and the river froze over and it was up on the boardwalks and the boats were up. And but, I was going like, yeah, you know, great place. To the, to, you had to hand it to the people in the city, though. They, they said, no, no, this is Christmas season. You know, you, you can't be doing something for decades and then come along and think, well, we... We don't want to offend anybody, so let's take away the word Christmas and call it sparkle. You know, oh, yay. But they still want to do it. There's still a faction out there. Like I said, they want to get rid of uh, celebrating the Christmas holiday. You know, they don't want it to be well, Go back to work. Work on Christmas Day. I'm hey. laughing at it now. Watch Sparkle come back, and the guy that, or the gal, whoever invented it, will come back and say, I knew it was just ahead of my time. Sparkle. <laughs> yeah, sparkle <laughs> Hey, listen. Uh, hey, that, we're Sparkle Claws. I want to see Sparkle Claws. Uh, yes. 
Uh, I want to uh, point out that you can contact us. Our phone number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. And, uh, ooh, I just saw a picture, for whatever reason, pop up on my screen of uh, Judge uh, Chatkin. Yeah, her hair looks like a bird's nest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'd be delighted to hear you you say that. Yes, she's probably spent a lot of money going to the hairdressers to get uh, it to look that way. I could do that uh, for, for a buck. You I'm know, sure and, you could uh, for a fraction of the cost. A fraction of the cost. Just but, give me but, uh, two wires and plug them into the wall, and then after I was done, yes. you know what I'd say after doing that hairdo? What would you say? Well, first I'd say, give me your money, uh-huh. and then I'd say, hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs> 